Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Easily, Starling? Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, spins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job and never forget what he is. But he's a monster. Hello and welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch movies and TV shows of yesteryear. That's an expression. And decide if they are rewatchable. Joining me, as always, is... Robert Larone And Blaine Waters. And I am J.M. McNabb, and we're joined by a special guest this week, Alexandra West from the Faculty of Horror podcast, mm-hmm. a dear friend of ours. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for coming, Alex. Yeah, thanks for asking me. It's been a little while. This mm-hmm. week on the show, we're going to do Jonathan Demme's 1991 classic, Silence of the Lambs. No. No, that's, that's I thought you were going to do that for Anaconda <laughs> when we do that one. Yeah. Uh, practicing. And before we get into the movie, I do want to thank our sponsors, HelloFresh and Endy. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And thank you to all of our Patreon donors for donating a dollar, two dollars, three dollars a month to help keep the show going. Yeah. You can find more about that at patreon.com slash rewatchability. Awesome. Thank you all. Well, I'm awesome? Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Silence of the Lambs. This was, uh, well, first I should mention that we did lose the director, Jonathan Demme. Yeah, that's uh, right. Just recently, which that's is very sad. sad. Uh, now let's really pay apart his movie shall we <laughs> when did you guys first see this movie rob i actually didn't see it until kind of recently because i don't know it was so ubiquitous in the pop culture i saw the sequels i saw hannibal and red dragon so and i read the book when i was in high school so i didn't really feel the need to see the actual movie for quite a while so i only really did when i found a old vhs copy on the side of the road one time <laughs> And I brought a stray home. (laughs) Now I will watch you. Yeah. So I took off its cover and put it in the VCR and watched it. And I was surprised at how great a movie it was. Because I think 
the character of Hannibal Lecter has been sort of like watered down by his subsequent appearances, or at least the Anthony Hopkins iteration of him. So like for it to be an actually well-made film, I thought was really surprising. And then uh, I actually listened to, you guys did an episode of it on your podcast. What? We're getting oh, rehashed opinions? Sloppy seconds. Here, yeah. yeah, but we did it back in our like first year. It was like episode yeah. seven or something. Oh, okay. But I did come up with a really good episode title for that one. I'm super proud of it. What is what it? It's called Chianti, You Hear the Lambs. <laughs> Okay. You know, Hannibal yeah. Lecter is so kind of cheesy in this movie. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if that was a line in the script at one point. Yeah. I think it was. Clarice, you're my favorite. Yeah, be, be good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing it again and uh, seeing particularly whether Alex's opinions held up. Oh, <laughs> this is more about her podcast. If it's, her podcast holds up. Since yeah, that's right. Ooh, oh, this is oh, a new man. meta level of podcast. Yeah, rivalry in what the a, studio. What about you, Blaine? This was a movie that I watched with my mom. Uh, <laughs> which is which is horrifying, right? She she rented it on DVD and we watched it. And I remember really wanting to watch Alien Three, and she would not let me. She was like, "That's way too violent." Wow. This was since the advent of DVD, so this was like you were a teenager. I was like, "Yeah, well, it was." I, yeah, I didn't watch it in the theater, so it was like a, a VHS. Or, oh, a VHS, or, or, yeah, okay. rental. And you were a child. I was a child, and I remember like talking to her and being like, "This was so much more violent. Like this was way creepier." And she's like, "But there wasn't a lot of violence." Like we fast forwarded through the face thing, and I was like, "No, no!" Like Alien Three is is almost less violent than this because it's this is like real world and creepy, yeah. and Hannibal Lecter is like, yeah, really, really creepy. So I think this helped me like yeah, watch the third Alien movie. Yeah, wow. But I remember liking it. I remember not being like totally too scared of it and then I rewatched it in university and I got really scared I, I guess I didn't watch a lot of scenes because um, I was like really <laughs> really terrified of this movie in university it really hit me especially that end part where she's in the basement in the dark uh, that was so scary. Yeah, the dark is scary. Yeah. <laughs> Basements yeah. are scary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's when I first watched it. What Interesting. About, what about you, Alex? Uh, I think this was in my, like, from about 10 years old onwards when I was really getting into horror movies, and I would just go to the local video store, and they had a deal that was, like, seven movies for seven days for $7. Wow. Oh, yeah. So I, I would just yeah. go down to Basement, <laughs> where all the <laughs> horror movies were. Here's and your I, night vision goggles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the mentally unstable man downstairs and uh, grab some movies. And so it was in the midst of all of that when I was just grabbing stacks of movies and then watching them all week with no social life. And this this was among them. And I remember really liking it. And it's only kind of been on subsequent rewatches that it's really stood out to me about how important it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now I feel dumb about my story. My, I have a weird attachment to this movie. Um, I read the book when I was about 11, and then I went back and read Red Dragon, and I really liked those books. Mm. And then I went through some kind of a weird phase where I'm kind of surprised my parents weren't more concerned because I went – it was in the era where the like because those books were really popular, you know, in the mm-hmm. early '90s. So by the time I got into them, there were at a lot of garage sales and church sales, that kind of thing. And I had this <laughs> compulsion where every time I saw a copy at a garage sale, I would buy it. Like oh my Catherine God. the Rye. Like, yeah, like, like it's totally a, like like, like a, some kind of like Oswald or John Hinckley Jr. <laughs> For sure. Something. Yeah. Did it have like the movie poster cover? Yeah, most of with, them did. With the Death's Head moth. I think one of them I had was like a. 
a first edition. Oh. And then I had I, I got more copies of Red Dragon actually. It was not healthy. I don't know why I did it. I think I just I liked the book so much if I saw a copy for like a quarter I felt like I should buy it. Like com- like a compulsion. Yeah, like it was an a, obsessive it was a total it was an obsession <laughs> okay. obsessive compulsion. <laughs> To buy Silence of the Lambs. You okay? Yeah, yeah, you're stuttering over it now. I realize I've never actually told anyone about this. Now I'm telling everyone about this. And we're locked in a room with you right now. Have you killed somebody? No. (laughs) Or several somebodies? No. Wait, where are the books now? I guess they're my parents' Where are the bodies now? (laughs) The books are are rolled up in bodies everywhere. Like, I feel like if my dad became a serial killer, they'd look through the house and find my books and be like, yep, makes sense. And I just wouldn't say anything. (laughs) I'd be like, yeah. Why why would your dad be a serial killer? No, no his not, dad could uh, be a serial killer. <laughs> my dad's not a serial killer. <laughs> I love how seriously you took that. You're like, no, no, what? what no, if? what? what is he done, J.M.? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> my point is I got really into these books. I really liked those two books. That sort of fascination was immediately dispelled by the release of Hannibal. Yeah! <laughs> a couple of years later. yeah. Mm. So it was not good. No. no. Uh, and it was made I'm, into an even worse movie. <laughs> And Red I, Dragon, too? Like, did you Red, see that the movie? The Brett Ratner one. Brett Ratner. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, believe it or not, better than... Yeah. Uh, I, I actually think theaters. Red Dragon, the Brett Ratner movie, is one of my favorite hangover movies. Oh, okay. Was Zach Galifianakis in it? No. Jam. <laughs> in, like, a bit part. Uh, I was I almost know. thinking, like, oh, I miss you guys. And now I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Thank you. All right, well, let's talk about what actually happens in this movie. Rob, do you want to run down the plot of Silence of the Lambs? I sure do. Okay. <laughs> it's about some lambs. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, You didn't watch it. Well, it, it is, kind of, from the beginning. Yeah, like, like, it's like a thematic uh, something about the movie. Right. But there were yeah. lambs at one oh. point. Mm-hmm. Lamb chops. That's <laughs> yeah. what Hannibal Lecter orders for a second dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so it starts with... Did he kill Clarice's lamb? Is that the twist? <laughs> He's a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing behind that little partition in his cell. Right. <laughs> yeah, the time traveling butcher. <laughs> yeah. Just if going you, through, if you had, making like, sacrifices. One of the worst world's worst serial killer cannibal guys don't give him a partition (laughs) that's the first rule in the book oh Oh, that cannibal really needs some privacy (laughs) (laughs) he's so demure (laughs) okay well so it starts in quantico virginia we see clarice starling jodie foster she's running through the fog and she randomly gets sort of pulled off by uh, this other guy being like pulled to the side yeah pulled to the side <laughs> she randomly gets pulled to the side by this other guy he's like you need to go see Jack Crawford who is, is a the, different uh, movie but she gets pulled off <laughs> who is uh, the head of the FBI thank you Blade <laughs> so Jack Crawford has this mission for her it's sort of a special assignment he wants her to go and speak to the infamous serial killer Hannibal Lecter and he she deduces that this has something to do with the Buffalo Bill killings that have been going on. But Jack doesn't tell her too much, so he just sends her in there to get whatever information yeah. she can. It's like a field trip, because she's a student at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's like a fun field trip. Yeah, he's like, yeah. the worst place in the world. He's like, see what you can see. It's like an art gallery or something. Well, that was, kind of is. I yeah. was thinking about that when I was watching it just this weekend, and because Rob and I went to grad school together, That's right. and I just couldn't imagine one of our profs like pulling us. I can. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I wasn't going to say his name, but... No, I'll take it out. Did he die? No. Oh. I don't think so. Yeah, so she goes to the place where Hannibal Lecter is being housed, which is this insane asylum, uh, which is headed up... Mental institution. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, I think you yeah. could still say insane asylum. And, Back in 91. Yeah. It's a mental yeah. health facility. <laughs> yeah. Made of like stone and feces. I think in the basement yeah. where they keep MIGs is still the insane asylum. <laughs> it's a happy hospital. <laughs> I think Shutter Island is like just around the corner. Yeah. But so first she, she has to go through Dr. Chilton, Alex Chilton. Mm-hmm. No. Like the sleaziest guy. Yeah. yeah. The worst. Oh, he yeah. like immediately like hits on her and asks her out. Which is great. It's it's great for his character because immediately you're like, oh, fuck, I hate this guy. Yeah, he's so... (laughs) I'm on the side of whoever's in that cell. I don't care who it is. (laughs) This guy's a jerk. Maybe flinging semen. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, well, so she goes and interviews Hannibal Lecter. And, you know, they have, like, a little bit of rapport because she doesn't take his shit like Mm -hmm. everybody else. And she's not phased by him. She's uh, she's at her job, I guess. she's, She's, like, smart enough to know that he's a psychiatrist, that he will pull holes and whatever she says so she's yeah. just upfront and honest with him about everything yeah and, and she's bo- also respectful of him yeah. and like right. polite which yeah. he had that'll be a big theme later in the movie maybe yeah politeness <laughs> <laughs> that's the moral of this story <laughs> be polite yeah especially to serial killers yep. and they won't rip your face off that's right yep Anyway, so she tries to get his information. He's not exactly cooperative, and so she leaves. But as she's leaving, one of the other inmates, inmates, patients? patients? (laughs) I don't think they're patients in this context. I don't think they're getting help. Yeah, they're they're kind of sequestered into a far off corner in the basement. Yeah, like a they're literal not, dungeon. Yeah, this, isn't literal re- dungeon. this isn't rehabilitation. No. no, this is forget. You know, in Manhunter, in the Michael Mann movie, Hannibal Lecter is in like uh, basically like the Guggenheim. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the sterile white. Uh, <laughs> Frank Gehry designed this. Yeah, no, I, did. I, I think it may have even been shot there. <laughs> he designed this mouth mask too. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Migs flings semen on her. Yeah. When she's leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. One of the most famous scenes, I think, in any movie. It's it's pretty horrifying to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah, give that guy a partition. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, why does he have just bars? Yeah, that's like, right. He should have the full plexiglass yep. thing. It's because ha- they can't wipe it down fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know where he was. It's like a paintball like arena a film. in there. Is it, <laughs> is it just a thing that he does? Could they not have warned her about this guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> want to stay away from Migs. <laughs> yeah. You give him a piece of gum, he's fine. But if you don't... <laughs> or giving her a poncho. <laughs> oh, anyway. It's like the Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> is it the splatter zone? Right. <laughs> the splatter zone. <laughs> anyway, but... It's a real classy conversation about this Oscar-winning film we're having. But this is an important moment because it's when Dr. Lecter sort of decides to help her. He takes sympathy on her and uh, gives her, like, the clue, which leads her to tracking down Buffalo Bill. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He gives her, like, a name. It's, like, Mr. Moffat or something like that. Ms. Yeah, Ms. Moffat. Yeah. Right. Sounds super made up. <laughs> well, it is super made up. Oh, right. It was a book. <laughs> it's an acronym. Oh, okay. Everything that he does is, like, all the letters are switched because right, he's right. very, very clever. Or, uh, uh, an anagram. He's dyslexic. Anagram, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's dyslexic. I'm very, very clever. <laughs> <laughs> then she has to go to the storage facility. And she goes to check out that. And it's a good uh, thing she doesn't have to like bid on it with all the other <laughs> storage warriors. Yeah, I thought that this was probably the thing that sparked that whole craze. Yeah. <laughs> it's like maybe I could find a severed head in the jar. Oh, That'd be pretty sweet. The dream. Yeah. Or a nice dress. I don't know. You can get uh, 50 bucks for that jar. <laughs> Certain circles, I don't know. Yeah, so she finds this jar, and later we find out that it's the head of Buffalo Bill's boyfriend. So 
Hannibal Lecter is just like dealing out all of these clues to Clarice because he likes her. And he does not like Jack Crawford uh, at all because uh, he helped catch him. Yeah, and he's like, and he's still trying to use him for something. Whereas, like, Clarice is being respectful. Jack Crawford sent her in there, yeah, w- without respecting her or him. Yeah, right? to, with the pretense of getting a survey. Yeah, right. And yeah. we all know how we feel about people that ask you to take a survey. Yeah, yeah, I like taking surveys. Oh. Usually, there's like a prize involved, or like you could win mm-hmm. something if you fill <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she came in the Hannibal Lecter is like, "Hey, guess what? You just won a cruise." Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, Yay! I think you'd really like that. <laughs> So then she goes back to him and starts talking to him and they get like kind of a report, right? Because she finds the head. She's ripped her, her jeans at one point yep. and she's yeah. bleeding and you can smell it through the through the thing. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. Yeah. And we also get around this time, <laughs> it flashes over to right. Buffalo Bill's next victim. We see her when she's cruising down the highway listening to Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Just an American girl yeah. listening to American Girl. <laughs> <laughs> And she parks her car and she sees this guy who's struggling to get a chair into a van. And she actually offers to help this person. He's like, he has like a cast. And so this guy like prompts her to get into the van and then pushes the couch in and then knocks her out. Yeah, which is apparently what like Ted Bundy Mm -hmm. used to do. That yeah. was one of his moves, is to get people to help him, and then he'd, he'd take advantage of that. Yeah. That's what the guy in The Vanishing did, too. Yeah. He, he had a cast yeah, on, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Did he use a van? Maybe. Okay. It was <laughs> the Vanishing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Exactly. Thank we you. We got there. No, together. yeah. I teed yeah. up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he kidnaps her. Yeah. And she's a senator's daughter, so it's a big news story. Yeah, that's right. People care about it when it's an important person. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's really on. She's really got to find... This next victim. Yeah. And we, like, see, like, the senator's, like, impassioned plea to Buffalo Bill. And she, like, says the girl's name over and over again. And then somebody says, oh, she's saying that so that he can't view her as an object. And that mm-hmm. way he can't kill her and torture her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this is the be- – I don't know if it's the beginning, but it's, like, really in that period of time where everyone was in the psychology of serial mm-hmm. killers. I guess they still are, but, like, X-Files is a big thing. There were a lot of TV shows that yeah. were, like, well, about the yeah, psychology. Yeah, and this was 91, so this was one of the first kind of procedural movies or events that, you know, really kind of keyed people into how, how this all works. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, Thomas Harris, like, wrote his books based on some of, like, the first people who were using, like, psychological profiling in FBI mm-hmm. uh, investigations. So, like, there's a lot of that, like, in this movie. Yeah. And, and even more in Red Dragon, because Will Graham, the character in that book, is, is like, a, a profiler and, like, does that kind of analysis. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and then eventually goes crazy and falls in love with Hannibal Lecter, from what I've seen on TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the other thing. Scott Glenn sends Jodie Foster in to kind of butter Hannibal Lecter up. They say it's because she's, you know, an attractive young woman. It's just kind of what he'll like. But now that I've seen the Hannibal TV show, they should have sent someone that looks like Hugh Dancy. <laughs> should have sent a, a Dancy-like fella yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. A guy who couldn't really master an American accent. <laughs> right. yeah. He's all right. Yeah. No? Yeah. I like him, though. I don't mind that his... He's got, like, one, like, tone that he can nail with an American accent. Usually yeah. while pulling a pair of glasses off. Yes. Is Hannibal Lecter supposed to be American? Such uh, a good question. Yeah. It doesn't matter in this movie. He's like British <laughs> by he's way like, of Scandinavia. He's like Audrey Hepburn's land. Yeah. Like right. sometimes That's he's right. using the southern accent and sometimes it's like mock Jodie Foster. Yeah. And then sometimes he just seems to be using it. 
Yeah, he's got a whole rainbow of accents. He's in so this. deep, well, and complex. And like <laughs> Hannibal Rising, the prequel that I watched. Oh yeah. There's. Did you see that? No, I still haven't seen it. He's like, I can't remember where he was born, but he's somewhere in Europe because, like, his sister is like killed by Nazis. But then he's shipped off to Paris, where he's like trained by like his Japanese aunts. To become okay. a samurai, basically. So they're just explaining oh. his accent in this movie by just putting him all over the world. Yeah, yeah. like he has, he has no accent. Yeah. <laughs> he has every he accent. He has every accent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He tells her that like he's also being tortured by the guy that runs the as- asylum, the, the hospital, the yeah. nice hospital. Chilton. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, so with TV and stuff like that. So they kind of bond in that scene, and I feel like that's a pretty pivotal scene for them. Yeah. Okay, so they, they go, they discover a body, so they fly over there. Again, uh, Claire Reese is exercising, and somebody pulls her away from her workout. She just wants to... Yeah, she needs a gym. You she, know, like, really just needs a place to go. Her core is suffering. <laughs> but so they, like, fly out to where this body has been discovered, and, like, the local podunk sheriffs are all there. And it's, like, all these, like, dudes in cowboy hats, and they're all, like, standing around. And it's the FBI director... And and Claire Reese and there's like all this like little like gender interplay it's really brilliant I, it's like subtle and cool and he kind of tries to use her gender for tactic to, to get yeah. these police and then she's like well you're the guy setting that precedent so stop it but yeah and he she talks that way to her boss which is really cool and, mm-hmm. and makes you respect her a lot yeah well that's later but first yeah. like there's all these dudes <laughs> yeah. all right. you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> there's all these dudes who are like sitting around drinking coffee like, just like a crowd of them and yeah. it's too noisy for Jack Crawford to get the telephone line or whatever and Clarice like tells them to all like bugger off and they <laughs> yeah. leave and it reveals they're all just standing around the body bag drinking <laughs> coffee <laughs> yeah Yeah, it's a little much. It's a little much. They're all staring into the camera, and there's so many points in this movie where people just stare into the camera, and then Clarice finally does it in the end, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think she does it until that point. No, I I always feel like it's supposed to kind of represent Clarice's viewpoint, so you're watching everything through her eyes and her direct contact. Yeah, and it's all these men like just staring Mm -hmm. her down all the time. It's always men. It's also the really iconic scene at the beginning where she's first going to see Crawford and she gets into the elevator and it's like all the guys in the red shirts and she's just standing there like and she's so petite. And it's such it's such a good setup shot for the like this is kind of what the FBI is for a young woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They show it as very much like a boys club and you you don't really see any women in any positions of power Mm -hmm. or any other female investigators really. She has one female friends in the academy who are still in training. Yeah, so they open the bag, they start examining the body, and she they're taking pictures, and she notices that there's something in her throat, and they pull it out, and it's like a bug cocoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a chrysalis. Yeah, yeah. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the death's head moth, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah so, the iconic image. Yeah, yeah. well, they, she finds that out later when she goes to the basement uh, and asks those two other dudes. <laughs> in the basement in another building. But yeah, also, isn't right. the skull and the moth like naked ladies or something? Yeah, yeah on the poster, it's the... Um, no, I mean on the actual insect, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's yeah. pretty hot. Purview insect. God. <laughs> well, the actual, like, on the poster, the death's head moth has the skull is made of the Salvador Dali photograph of the naked ladies yeah Mm -hmm. which i didn't notice when i was young (laughs) no no some little advertising yeah Um, but they didn't actually use those moss for the movie apparently they had to use other moss because they couldn't find death's head moss so they had to make them little costumes (laughs) (laughs) 
which which keys into the theme of the movie. Yeah, sewing. <laughs> yeah, why didn't the costume designer win uh, an Oscar for that? Right. <laughs> of course, the bug costumes were made out of other bugs. Yeah, it's, it's just a little bug driving around in a van, a cast on. <laughs> Yeah, and this is where, when they're traveling back to Virginia, this is where Crawford actually asks, mm-hmm. did that bother you? And I was like, a woman shouldn't hear this. And yeah. she's like, yes, fuck it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're on the subject, don't send me to interview cannibals. I'm a student. <laughs> <laughs> Still got another year at least. Come on, man. Just yeah. assign me an essay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they go to Hannibal Lecter and tell him what they found. And they, he wants to take a look at the Buffalo Bill case file because he's stuck in prison and he has nothing better to do. And he, you know, gets off on other people's pain and all that stuff. So they want to bargain for his help. And she tells him that the senator has arranged a deal where they'll transfer him to a nicer facility on like an island with like a view. And he'll get to go swimming for like an hour once a year. <laughs> with all the partitions you can imagine. <laughs> Some Put him in like a shark cage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to keep the shark safe. <laughs> this comes back with a shark's face. It's like, who's that guy? I don't recognize him. <laughs> Is he a shark? Better let him out. <laughs> We can't cage a shark. We're not SeaWorld. Let this guy go. (laughs) We don't want people protesting. (laughs) But so Chilton is listening because he's a sniveling little pencil dick. And he he calls up the senator and he realizes that this is a bluff and uh, reveals to Hannibal Lecter that it was a lie and makes a real deal. He's able to procure a real deal uh, for him. And so they go off to Tennessee to meet with the senator who is the mom of the victim, to to give that information to her. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that it's Lewis' friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually another clever anagram? <laughs> yeah, Valentine? <that's>, <laughs> it's another graganam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean anagram. <laughs> Cafefe? <laughs> Cafefe. So they take this information and go to take this guy down. <laughs> and only when they're in the bare house do they realize that they've been played. And it really seems like the right house for a yeah, good while. They yeah, they definitely fool us with all that, like, doorbell ringing and doors opening and stuff. Yeah, they there's all lots coincide. of, like, good yeah. back and forth because this is the same time where we're getting, like, the, uh, the good victim. I can't remember the girl's name. Catherine. Catherine. Yeah, with Catherine and... Uh, okay, she's not real. <laughs> it's not disrespectful. <laughs> And uh, Buffalo Bill. What's his real name? Jamie Jamie Gum. I thought that was a lie. No, no. There's a whole thing about it in the book, isn't there? Like, Jame Gum. Because it's like it's supposed to be like Jamie Gum, but there's an uh, M, and it's because his birth certificate got fucked up uh, uh, when he I was born. So he doesn't like his um, gender identity is all like kind of messed up from birth. I actually haven't read the book, but. Right. Because um, Jamie is a unisex name kind of thing? Yeah, but is it's that... spelled like J-A-M-E. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, that is. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. someone yell at these guys over Twitter about this. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> Not at me. I read it when I was eleven. How, you had ten million copies. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I only read it once. What? You only read it once. You yeah, weren't what? like underlining. I'm not a psychopath. Like, like a Bible, that's just going weirder. through. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so much weirder. <laughs> it's yeah. We You're may like, have to delete that part. <laughs> an earlier portion of the show. No, I, I love it. it. I'm going to no. bring it up again and again. <laughs> it's amazing. 
Yeah, well, so we, all the great stuff between Catherine and Buffalo Bill, like the super creepy, it puts the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. <laughs> Jesus, you do that <laughs> so stupid. well. You do that so well. Oh, man. Um, and then, it puts the lotion in the fucking basket. <laughs> That accent does not sound like he's from Buffalo at all. No, no. Be like, put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> Would be like, like a Buffalo accent, right? That was the creator of Twin Peaks over there. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the basket. Well, this you're driving just... down a dark road, <laughs> and you hit lotion in basket. I think this exists in the Twin Peaks universe because Chris Isaac is uh, one of yeah, the law enforcement officers. Yeah, one of the SWAT guys. Yeah. Agent Chet Desmond. This is his second role in the SWAT, SWAT team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, man, this is too heavy for me. I'm going to investigations. So There's like, where did that agent go? Like, oh, he touched some jewelry and disappeared again. It's <laughs> a liability. <laughs> yeah. There's also Buffalo Bill's little dance, uh, oh, which yeah. is a pretty. I read you talk about moment. his little dog, but. Oh, yeah, the dog, too. He has precious. a little, and his little dog, too. Yeah, Precious, based on the book Pushed by Sapphire. Yeah. The dog. <laughs> and what's so cool about the, the dog being there is that Catherine has, like, leverage. She gets the dog at one point. Because she's down a well. She's down a well. Yeah. There's not a lot of leverage <laughs> she can get. And, like, if I was writing this movie or, write, like, if I was making this movie, I'd be hard-pressed to give her an upper hand mm-hmm. in any way. But the writer found a great way to do it. I don't yeah. know if it's in the book, but it. it uh, JM has part? clearly never read the <laughs> yeah, fucking book. It is book. in the book. Uh, I think it I is never, in the book. I've never read a book. <laughs> yeah. Wait, which it part? Is. The dog? Uh, thing? The, 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. welcome to the. Catherine trying well. to escape. Well, here's a question. I know it's not a super <laughs> fancy basement, but if you're building a house, take the well out. You don't need a well down there. No. Yeah. I guess he built the well. It's also like Wait, really he built the well from the ring. Dug the well, you know. Yeah. There's a there's a well Samara's in the basement. The ring that was outside, wasn't it? It was outside oh, in the ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think if you, you have a well, have just cover it. But Blaine, I like where you wells. were going with that. All right, I was trying to, you know, yeah, hit the horror. So, yeah. no, if you guys had like, if you guys were actually able to ever buy a house in your lives, but you had this great house and it was <laughs> thanks for the vote of that's, confidence. There's a lot of uh, a lot of unsaid stuff there. Uh, <laughs> Once again, a good point to mention our Patreon <laughs> campaign. You know, donate a couple bucks a month, one of us will be able to buy a house one day. Yeah, one of us. We, we live in Toronto, so <laughs> yeah. No, we're no. I say that inclusive of myself. Oh, we're all super fucked. Yeah, but. Oh, am I allowed to swear still? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if your sponsors were. We love, we, I love your sponsors. Um, I don't want to mess this up for you guys. <laughs> but okay, like hypothetically, you guys have enough money. You see a house, you're super happy with it, has just what uh-huh. you need. And the basement is mostly finished, but there's a well down there. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, <laughs> you can spend <laughs> no, like a grand up. extra. Just like, no, you don't want to board that shit up. That's where, like, ghosts live. No, I'd get, like, I'd get, like the nails blessed, and I'd, no. I'd just board it up. Did any girl die there? My... Is that a question you can ask your real estate no. agent? No, you get no questions. You just get told it exists, and you can either on the spot tear it down or live with it. Can you check I... it for claw marks? No! No, you just see it from, like, two feet away. And they're it's, like, it's you like have to choose right a now. A Kijiji picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would have to childproof the house, and I think... Step one would be get rid of the well. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the steps up to the well. Yeah. You know, take yeah. those away. Maybe maybe you, you guys just need a break from a kid. Just put him down the <laughs> like well. A nice, a nice summer home. <laughs> yeah. We gave you lotion. What are you complaining about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's moisturized. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'd keep the well. Okay. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. that's you. You okay. know what? If, if it's a grand to board it up, I've already sunk so much money into this house <laughs> that I probably don't have a grand left over. I no, just no, keep no. The you well. get one of those mortgages. Oh, you I've go. heard about oh, okay. those. <laughs> <laughs> My parents used it a bunch. <laughs> Okay. Oh, so we didn't talk about the scene, <sighs> the, the singing it, or the dancing. Yeah, scene. goodbye horses. Yeah, because what does anyone know how that band reacted to? The, like, did they know <laughs> what they were signing up for when they licensed their song to this? Because that's all I think about when I hear the song. I feel like it, but it's kind of it's super popular. They actually reuse that song in um, a remake of, I believe, it was nineteen eighty or eighty one film Maniac, and they remade it in twenty twelve with Elijah Wood, huh. and it's really like dark and like super fucked up and there's a kind of weird sexy scene that gets really violent really quickly and that song is playing in the background so, so I it's think it's only been used for bad things. Yeah, it's only been used it's not for bad like, things. like, I love you, John. Yeah, I love you too, Becky. No, no it's, it's like, I love bad. you, John. Now let me rip off your scalp. <laughs> right. right. While you're alive. Yeah, I can only imagine the, like, their manager or whatever being like, okay, so it's going to be in a movie. Uh, and they're like, listening on the phone. And the guy's like, yeah, mm-hmm, that's good. There's and a great he, dancing and, to it. And he's, he's, he's hiding what? How, how is he hiding that? Uh, oh, he's putting it between his... I don't even know if that's possible. It's called a tuck. <laughs> the tuck. It is. Yeah. 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 The tuck and roll. <laughs> yeah. The roll is the second part to it. But like, you know, I just get having it. so much fun. Tom Petty's songs are in enough movies where he doesn't have to worry about, you know, for every uh, girl that's abducted on the side of the road, Jerry Maguire doesn't get abducted. <laughs> but uh, he listens to Tom Petty, doesn't he? Well, I mean, wasn't Renee Zellweger putting Jerry Maguire in some kind of emotional prison? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, there are physical prisons well. and emotional ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's My fair. point is, like, I've, every time that song like comes on the radio, I'm like, why is this from? Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. Right. Yeah, that's a bad association. It's not great. But yeah. I don't know how often you're going to hear the Buffalo Bill dancing song on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for that reason. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. He, now I know what it's called, the tuck. Yeah, really you don't watch before. Drag Race? No. <laughs> ah, yeah, no. there's a lot about tucking in that show. It's great. It's And then my roommates have explained it to me, and it's graphic. Our, but it's impressive. <laughs> I, didn't, it I didn't know you guys could do that. I didn't know I could do that either. You yeah. know what? Pause the show. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. Was that what Hannibal was doing behind the partition? <laughs> yeah. He was talking. Yeah, he was creating another partition for Why himself. Why do we give him that boombox? <laughs> yeah. It's, are you naked if you tuck? Does it still count as nudity? What do you... What, like, if you can't see the clothes, if wearing... you can't see the penis, then is it, are you still naked? Like, could you... Streak, if a tree falls like in the that. forest, and if you str- if you streak down the road like legs. that, again, this is an acclaimed film that won several Oscars, <laughs> and we're, we can't get off this topic. It's I can't wrap my head around. Did it. you spend this long on this when you did your episode? No, no, wouldn't think so. Or the classy show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's. You guys were Well, they don't have so. any appendages to tuck. 
Yeah, ours are already tucked inside of ourselves, just like the oppression that we keep within ourselves every day. Yeah. So, speaking of oppression, we have to tuck our oppression. <laughs> Let's get back to Clarice Starling because she yeah. ends up kind of stumbling on. Oh, and that's the other thing. Like, I remember these edits between the two houses being a little sneakier. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's, like it's, it's they, pretty like, broad. They show the FBI agents pressing the doorbell yeah. and then the doorbell ringing. Like it's in like uh, yeah, Buffalo Bill's house. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it cheats a little bit. There are several people ringing doorbells at the same time all over the world right now. It's like That's the Amelie true. thing with people having sex. It like could happen. People all over the world. You know? Yeah. Someone's tucking right now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just in support of our podcast. Yeah, but uh, I mean a listener. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you the, think, listeners, it's okay to tuck, right? It's great to tuck. Yeah. I, I think. I don't know if it's great if you want kids to, like, to tuck. Does it, does, don't is, tuck too hard, yeah, I would say. Yeah, don't tuck hard. That means a whole other thing. We should just get, we should get back to the... Huh. No, I'd imagine you have to be pretty flaccid to do it. Yeah, exactly. So Clarice stumbles upon... <laughs> Which is odd, because he's saying, I'd fuck me. Yeah. So he's kind of turned on. How is yeah. he doing that? Ah, uh, magic. <sighs> Such good questions. There's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. So she, she, she stumbles upon Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And this is like at the same time that the girl has the dog hostage. Yeah. So she yeah. actually interrupts her attempt at saving herself. And he goes up and at first he plays it kind of cool. He's like, oh, yeah, that old lady doesn't live here anymore. I think I have a phone number for her son somewhere. Why don't you come inside? But she sees the moth and a whole bunch of sewing shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would a guy have sewing shit? Well, no, she knows that the old lady that died there was like a sewer. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true, too. Yeah. And, the, and the victim that they find with the bug in her throat did like seamstress work. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Or, or like hung out with And her. they know that he's also making like a coat, like a skin out of skin. Yeah, she's figured point. that out. That's her like... We haven't talked about that yet. I, I was also that. a little confused by that because the big clue that Hannibal gives her is that the first victim or one of the victims knew her killer. Well, yeah. that he, he, was, he was acting on something that he saw all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it was coveting. But isn't what Clarice did at that point kind of what they should have done at the very beginning? <laughs> well, that's what I think is interesting is because in this world, she goes and talks to the victim's friends, like another young woman. And I think a lot of other male cops would kind of gloss over it or only ask her like kind of really typical things. Or they'd be intimidated by them because mm. they'd, you know, anyway. And you wouldn't want to like delve into that thing. So Clarice just kind of asking, okay, what did you guys do? Who did you do it with? How, how was that? What was that relationship like? Who else would she have seen? Mm. And kind of breaking down those little things, you know, that's, you know. Right. And it was more conversational, her, her interviews with them. Yeah. Then, like an interrogation yeah. Yeah. you've seen other guys do throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Well, but it also, she, Hannibal doesn't really, you know, she's just redoing work essentially. Yeah. Because <laughs> you wouldn't like, I, I could see like maybe a more traditional interview would be like, how did you know the victim? Was there anyone who was, who could harm her or anything like that? They wouldn't right. ask about the sweet old lady seamstress. And they probably wouldn't go follow up on the sweet old lady seamstress. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's interesting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she thinks that he's already been caught, right? Mm-hmm. At this yeah. point, right. so yeah. Jack she's told her. yeah, so she's just trying to gather evidence to put him away. So I think that th- that's also why mm-hmm. it worked for her is that she wasn't trying to catch him; she was trying to amass evidence. Yeah, and so learn more different. about the victim. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Is it before this or after this when Hannibal kills all those people and escapes? 
is before, before this, and we yeah we kind of glossed over it because we were focusing on Chris Isaac. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> well, has he's this, handsome. <laughs> he is. Has this daring escape? Yeah, where yeah. he uh, he bites two of the guards. Yeah, one of the most amazing scenes in the movie. They have him in, like in this temporary like cell. And like an art gallery thing? Yeah. yeah. They, they have them in a shark cage. They that. really do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is this building? And it seemed like they had this whole building, like, cordoned off just for Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, he's mm. an installation. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, a toilet behind him. He can't use it. It's just art. Oh. You know? oh. I like um, it. <laughs> well, the first Hannibal Lecter was in the Guggenheim, so it's the, it's the courthouse that yeah. he's in. Yeah. Exactly. So Hannibal's in the – it's almost like a birdcage yeah. Yeah. that he's in. Yeah. Yeah. But so after, like, Clarice talks to him, and their whole thing has been, like, this quid pro quo. I can't say that word. Yeah, you can. I believe in you. Quid pro quo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See, it's my feminine influence. I'm just getting you guys to open up. Yeah, she Jodie Foster'd you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so in exchange for information, Hannibal Lecter has been asking her about her life and about her trauma, in particular her father's death and about what happened after that. And so that's where they explain the title sort of of the movie where she had run away from the home that she was placed in after her father died and she couldn't escape because she had to go back and help this lamb who was screaming because it was about to be slaughtered. She realized she couldn't help it and the lambs had been screaming ever since. So then Hannibal Lecter orders some lamb chops and tricks the cops. I think he has like um like maybe like the nips it's, it's the from pen. the pen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He steals from Chilton. the Yeah. Right. Yeah. From Chilton. from Chilton. And so he gets out of his handcuffs and he like beats Charles Napier to death with a nightstick. It like in the most ballet-like fashion. It's yeah. kind of beautiful. Yeah, and there's music playing in the background that he's been listening to. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then there's like this whole big thing where, you know, they're looking for him and he's killed the two cops that were there and they bring one of the cops down in the ambulance and it's only in the ambulance that uh, we see like his hand come back up and then he like rises and takes off his face and then kills the attendant. Yeah, well, this is the first time where they really psych us out as an audience because we think as an audience that Hannibal Lecter is above them in the elevator. His blood is dripping down. And so uh, then we find him uh, that's just the dead body and that he's actually in the ambulance, which is a great fake out. And then they have another one, which is the doorbell one right, between yeah. the two houses. Yeah. So this movie is kind of like fucking with us a little bit too and making us try to second guess ourselves and solve as well. Yeah. Well, because both of the fake outs are about taking us, the audience out of our two main characters' perspectives. You know, these are the two moments where we lose Hannibal Lecter and Jodie right. Foster's gaze. It's, it's kind of this patriarchal male gaze, which is a misdirect. Mm-hmm. And then when they both kind of come around for the turn at the end, it's like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> and they're both like kind of the, uh, the ineptness of the FBI yeah. in both cases too yeah. for sure yeah. yeah well they hired the guy who sang Wicked Game I mean that's not a, <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea <laughs> right, so did we talk about the end of this movie what happens at the very end well so at the end they save the girl Clarice right? is yeah. yeah chasing Buffalo Bill down in the basement he like shuts off the lights and he has these night vision goggles which we've seen before when he uh, kidnapped Catherine so Clarice is completely in the dark and meanwhile Buffalo Bill is just like right in fucking front of her and almost like caressing her or like getting ready to do it and then also getting ready to blow her brains out but as he like cocks his gun she hears it and shoots him yeah and he dies with mm-hmm. the goggles still in his head. Yeah, and by shooting him, she breaks the window, which light comes pouring yeah, in, right. and it, it kind of breaks that whole uh, theme going on. Yeah. 
Yeah. And light comes into her life. And, and, like, and the lamb stops screaming, which we find out later in a phone call with Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, that's right. So he's escaped, and he's gone off to some island or whatever. And, Where uh, Chilton is. And she calls him. He, he, calls he calls her. her. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> she, she wouldn't call him. But she, yeah. he calls her like at her graduation ceremony. Yeah, finally she isn't exercising. She, yeah. <laughs> she's doing something different. But somebody like comes to her and says, or it's, it's actually the FBI director. Yeah. He's like, oh, don't forget your phone call. This yeah, is Hannibal Lecter <laughs> on the phone for you. Sounds a lot like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> it's this guy I've been chasing my entire life probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the, the final image is Hannibal Lecter says he's meeting an old friend for dinner. He's having an old friend for dinner. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'd be way different if he was like, <laughs> just meeting him. <laughs> Wait, no, I thought he was having a nice friendly dinner with Dr. Chilton. Oh, no. Oh, Poor no. innocent. No, they could have. No, he bought they a Chianti. So. What happened to those lambs? <laughs> They're dead. They're on a farm somewhere. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys read this, but apparently like in the original version of the script, it was going to be Dr. Lecter like hangs up the phone and instead of the line about having an old friend for dinner, he turns around and he's got Dr. Chilton like on a slab and he like pulls out a knife and is like, okay, let's do this or something. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's let's do that wasn't the line. Ow! <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> Just it wasn't that, but it, it was something like, where do we begin or something. Right. And yeah. Jonathan Demme was like, we can't do that. Yeah. That's too dark. We got to kind of give Chilton a fighting chance or something because even though it's the same ultimate ending, at least we don't see it happening. Yeah. So we're it's, kind of, we kind of think he's getting his comeuppance for being a rude jerk. Yeah. But this <laughs> is also about murdered. Barney though, <laughs> <laughs> but this is also the ineptitude of the FBI because if I was going to try to track down a serial killer, everyone's worried about Clarice that he'd come after her. And she's like, no, he respects me too much. It's like, yeah. that's part of our rapport, which you hope you're right in that case. But they're also like, who did he hate? Can't uh, think of a single person. Nope. <laughs> not, not one person that may be in a different country yeah, right well, now. I'm or... on vacation now. It's not my problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is Chilton in Hannibal? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, are we in the movie Hannibal? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Is he in the, the book? TV show. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because we have to make a distinction. There is the book Hannibal, the movie Hannibal, and then the TV show yes. for three seasons called Hannibal. Wasn't there a general, too? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that book was not good. The movie is even worse. The TV show is amazing. Yeah, the TV show is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, th I think watching... This movie was harder for me having watched the show because oh. I love the show so much and I feel mm. like they really elevated the source material. Whereas this movie did also, but not to the extent the show did, in my in my opinion. What about you guys? Did you watch the show? I think I watched three or four episodes and I couldn't stand it. Really? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, are the CGI deers a metaphor? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, are the lamb chops he ordered a metaphor? <laughs> no, that was like a significant, like, fuck you. That was like an outright fuck you. This wasn't like a three season long metaphor for like sexuality or I don't know what it was about. <laughs> I mean, that sounds uh, okay. Yeah. But I, I watched the first couple of episodes of the first season and it was boring. Yeah. I, that's what I hear about. Everyone says the first season kind of sucks. Uh, I really liked it. Yeah, I would say it I'm sucks. in your camp. It's definitely slower, but the second season really gets gets a bit quicker in the pace. Yeah. I mean, I think just watching it, it was about the feeling you got from it. Like there's movies you watch, there's movies and TV shows you watch for the plot or mm -hmm. for acting uh, and it had those things in it. But what it had in it mostly was like that feeling of foreboding and doom that you'd get from watching it 
like just this slow creep of blood. I don't know. Like that's what I got while watching it. And Mads Mikkelsen is yeah. so good. He's so like, good. And Anthony Hopkins, who I loved when when this came out and when I was a kid. I don't know. He just feels a little silly to me now. Yeah. I mean, my favorite Hannibal Lecter is Brian Cox. Yeah. He's so good. In Manhunter. He's so good. He was the first Hannibal Lecter on screen. And it's more of a like, he's not doing as much of like the erudite stuff. He's, it's a bit more primal and a Mm. bit like more twisted in a way. So I really enjoy him. Well, this, this, you did win an Oscar for best acting? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Anthony Hopkins did. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. And Jodie Foster. And then it, uh, Jonathan Demi won best director. And I think it won won best best picture. picture. It got the top five. I think writing too. Yeah. 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 And Ted Talley. Maybe we should talk. Who was one of the SWAT people? Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ted Talley. Let's talk about the controversy a little bit. Yeah. Uh, this movie was, I don't think I knew this, was I don't know, but hugely the controversy. controversial. Yeah. Because a lot of gay rights organizations thought that they were that it was kind of a cartoonish gay oh, person who was yeah. demonized as this serial killer. And I yeah. thought that walking into it this time, because I remember that character being that, having those uh, attributes. But then when they explain his character, that guy is not gay. He's just sexually, he's, he's like, I don't know, it's hard to del- delineate, but it's, they do it well in the movie. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I'll say this from having already done an episode yeah. <laughs> of my podcast about it. And we brought that up, you know, uh, talking about the controversy and the protesters at the Oscars and a a lot of concern about it and a, and a lot of people kind of hang their hat on and fair enough that Hannibal Lecter said he's not an actual trans person you mm-hmm. know he's not even yeah. really gay or right. he kind of has this like weird little snippy line about it yeah. and a lot of LGBTQ organizations have just said well you know that's like a crazy person saying that you know well, this is a representation of a potentially queer character right. yeah. and, and it, also, it's a bit fucked up and dark I, I think a lot of people also were responding to like maybe they justify it with those lines, but then also yeah. the fact that, you know, he's wearing like a pink bathrobe and he's got the nipple rings and a tiny yeah. dog. Like it felt yeah. like there were a lot of stereotypes in there. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I did, well, you mentioned that they, they protested at the Oscars. I did look up an old news article that said there were protesters out there that threw stuff at police and tried to out gay celebrities by distributing maps to their homes. Uh, one <laughs> activist was, mean. one activist was arrested Jesus. for kicking an officer in the groin. <laughs> But that's, uh, uh, but essentially the controversy there, and I, I do, I, you know, I think there are a lot of sides to this. Well, you know, there are two sides to this. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. Sorry. Um, you, you know, you can either take what Hannibal Lecter says and wash your hands of the controversy and enjoy the movie as it is, or acknowledge that there are problematic elements within the yeah. film. And I, this is kind of where I land on a lot of films that, you know, you can have problems with a movie and still enjoy it. You can still engage with entertainment mm-hmm. and acknowledge that there's some not so great parts in it. And so watching it again, I hadn't seen it since we did our episode on it like two, three, three, four years ago now. And I was like, really, especially with the conversations that we're now having in our culture right now about like trans and wider ranging community, it's, you know, it's it, it's weird. It doesn't feel great. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. you know, feel great that portrayal. And they're definitely using like the transgendered bit to like horrify audiences as yeah. part of like, the horror of like the monster buffalo. Yeah. Or, like the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah exactly. Something that's kind of, you know, a figure that's neither man or woman and isn't that weird and it's not yeah. weird and it, it feels like it's that element that really dates the film as a kind of part of 1991 and, and I think while you can look at this film as a really feminist film with you know a really great character in Clarice Starling and, and a really clear portrayal of a female experience in a really male dominated arena it's it's still you're you're missing a huge part of intersectional feminism when you talk about it if you if you don't acknowledge the inherent problems within it 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was, I, I was reading like there's a book about controversies in movies that had a chapter dedicated to it. And they were saying like it was interesting because the kind of the feminist critics were at mm-hmm. odds with the uh, yeah. gay rights critics who were, because they both had issues on either side of the fence saying right. why this movie was yeah, good yeah. or bad. <laughs> Jonathan Demme talked about this just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. about, you know, it's interesting having a bit of perspective. He was saying that in his mind, it was more about the transformation that yeah. he, it wasn't even a sexual thing with buffalo bill that it was about him wanting to be a different person because of a trauma and for him becoming a woman was like the most different he could be from from who had suffered this childhood trauma or whatever it is yeah Yeah. which i get to a certain extent but then i think there are things like that are stereotypes like the little dog well also like just like the idea of like a transgendered person committing acts of violence is like a stereotype that like goes back to like psycho and there's all sorts of examples. Yeah. Whereas like the reality appears to be that violence against transgendered people is much more the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And yeah. And when like, this is like one of the few depictions of transgendered people in the media at that time, like especially like hardcore mainstream media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just may, it, you know, gives people like an idea that, they're yeah. feared or something. Yeah. And uh, they also, I did read in one place that said that Orion tried to kind of quell the controversy by having donating the print, a print of the movie for charities for AIDS research. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that's not like a yeah. fun night out to raise money. <laughs> but it, wasn't it that controversy that essentially inspired Demi to go on and make Philadelphia? Well, after? he's denied that apparently. Oh, okay. But I think the sort of cultural perception yeah. was that after this, he, yeah, then his next movie was Philadelphia, which again, I would never have thought of at the time. But yeah. looking back at it now, it sure seems like that. Well, I feel I, like if this didn't inspire him to do that, mm-hmm. I'm sure he had conversations with people around the subject and learned about that subject matter. Matter or got a hold on that subject matter that he wouldn't yeah. have had otherwise. Right? And I, I think, like to his credit, and to the people who made this film's credit, like they did try to, I think, present a balance to it, like with that line. And I think, like Ted Levine talks about, he went and talked yeah. to transgendered people. That doesn't mean that they got it right. No. It doesn't mean that they it was put the all the effort that they could have put into it. But yeah. and the fact that they learned from it afterwards, that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and that has sparked a conversation is pretty yeah. important too. So, but yeah, problematic. And one <laughs> cop get, got kicked in the balls at the Oscars. I think. Yeah, is what we should take away from this. And that's funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do want to mention some of the behind the scenes stuff. This was supposed to be a Gene Hackman picture. Oh, I would have been so good. That? Oh also, yeah, yeah, he's supposed to play Lecter. He's also supposed to play Sean Lecter Connery and, and direct it. Well. Well, hold on. I thought okay. you were about to say Lecter and Clarice. And Clarice. He's <laughs> he a great actor. It. No, yeah. he was, it was going to be his directorial debut and he was going to play That's Lecter. Right. But apparently uh-huh. the rumor is that his daughter read the book and told him not to do it because uh-huh. it's such an upsetting book. Damn. So Jonathan Demme get it. Yeah. And Jonathan Demme's first choice was Sean Connery. Yeah. Hello, Clarice. (laughs) Actually, fun fact, you know the words hello, Clarice are never said in the movie. That's right. It's uh, good evening or... No, he never says that. He doesn't say anything? He says sup, Clarice. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, yo. (laughs) No, it's it's a common misperception of the film. The closest I think you ever get in the film is at the end when he says, well, Clarice, have the lamb stopped screaming? Mm. Well, Jonathan Demme said they sent the script to Connery and word came back shortly that he thought it was disgusting and wouldn't dream of playing that part. <laughs> so it didn't happen. But he did want to make League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, he didn't yeah. think that was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. Entrapment. Uh, yeah. that? 
You're playing lasers. both sides. You're playing both <laughs> I think he said that in the movie. <laughs> Again, sure. I, I've said this before on the show. My favorite part of that movie is the trailer where Catherine Zeta Jones says, This is entrapment. He says, Actually, it's blackmail. And then it goes, Entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> what? He just said yeah, but, it was. Uh, uh, nah. Anyways, so yeah. maybe we should talk about if this movie was rewatchable. I mean, did you guys think this was a great movie? Because it's, it's one of the very few movies to win all five of the main Academy Award categories. Let's start with, let's start with our guest. Let's start with Alex. Tell me why this is a great movie or not a great movie. <laughs> to put you on the spot. I do think it's a, a great movie. I really like it. And I say this acknowledging the problematic parts within it. I think it's a really interesting movie about two people who within their professions, let's say, have been rendered totally undesirable. No one wants to deal with Hannibal Lecter. They're using Clarice Starling as um, as a patsy, essentially, to entice a man to get him to talk to her. And they both subvert expectations through who they are and, and what their means are. And they wind up kind of seeing a commonality in each other. And I think, you know, when you look at it through that lens, it's, it's actually a really interesting, subversive film in terms of a narrative. I also think it's a really deceptively well-made film. I think there are a lot of, you know, films or, or narrative things, you know, if you want to look at the TV show Hannibal, that's like a really kind of aims for high art. And this is just a well-made movie, like across the board, well shot, well acted. There's a lot of camera shots that we've already mentioned that indicate a lot of the thematic elements within it. And it's done so subtly and with such ease that I think a lot of people lose the technicality behind it. So I really, I really like this movie. Yeah, what about you, Blaine? Yeah, I think you're right on all accounts. I think God the- Goddamn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I but I think that the the story and the plot and the gore all overshadow the what must have been hours and hours and hours of work that put, like over and above what you normally do on a movie to make this movie. And there are things that I noticed watching it this time that were really cool like when she goes into the room and she's training at Quantico and she's doing a a test run someone puts a gun to her head and is like you'd be dead now you have to watch your corner. And then when she goes into the kitchen at the end with Bill, on her corner, on her left side, is like a giant picture of a moth, and she never looks at it. And so she's like, (laughs) it it just kind of like, those things I started noticing a little bit that... I feel I never saw before and uh, therefore it has a huge rewatchability factor because you can see things that you never saw before. And just those performances alone are amazing. I really, you can pick apart any scene and, and see, yeah, masters at every level at work in this movie. So yeah, I think it's very rewatchable. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think, uh, I mean, we we barely talked about the performances, except we said that Anthony Hopkins hasn't weathered as well, <laughs> perhaps. But yeah. Jodie Foster is amazing oh, in this yeah, movie. Good. I mean, it seems, I mean, she's good in pretty much everything, but... Uh, this was her second Oscar, I think, too, right? Uh, probably. Yeah. She went, She probably won for Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah I Didn't think she? so. Didn't she? When she was like a kid? She I think should have. Candle Shoe? Was like she 80, 89 and then 92... What? I think. Is it I the accused? Oh, the accused. Oh, the accused. Right. She yeah. went for the accused. But yeah. have you noticed that every Jodie Foster character makes her career choice based on how her dad died? <laughs> Contact. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's great. That's, yeah. that's a good theme that's in her acting. Um, oh, and I love the moment like where she's uh, about to go in the storage locker and she like rolls in, then she rolls out and gives the guy a card. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, if anything, uh, if this should close or if anything else happens to me, haha, <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is a number to call. Yeah. Like that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So just for that moment alone, I'm going to say it's rewatchable. Nice. All right, fair enough. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. She was just only nominated for Taxi Driver, but yeah, she won for The Accused and Silence yeah. of Lambs. 
Yeah, I mean, this movie is very, it's a very watchable movie. It's a pretty great movie. I was trying to put myself in the mindset of like, if I'd never seen this movie before, mm. like, how would I take Hannibal Lecter? Because I think it has been kind of, it's, it's both for me. Like, I feel like the Anthony Hopkins portrayal has been kind of ruined by like Hannibal, which mm. is a cartoon basically. And I feel like on the other side of it, like the Hannibal Lecter character has been done so well on TV that it's hard to get back inside this movie. But I don't know. It's a great movie. Yeah. Like you said, the, the sort of all the formal aspects of it are, are so mm. wonderful. And it's so the, the suspense scenes are just so tense and yeah. and riveting. Yeah, I mean, you can't say this movie's not rewatchable. It's it's a super watchable movie. We rewatched it. So we just did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but yeah. I yeah, I mean it's and, and like you said all the actors are great. Scott Glenn uh, yeah. is oh, also yeah. great. We he kind of gets overlooked how good he is and he's having yeah. kind of a career resurgence recently is in uh, Daredevil and oh. The Leftovers. Yeah. Like Yeah, he's oh. great in The Leftovers. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah. It's got some issues like we talked about. Yeah. Um, but that's like a lot of a lot of movies we do on this show. Yeah. They have their issues because they're dated. They're dated in, in, and steeped in their times. Yeah. But again, like even at the time, there were people being like, hey, that's yeah. not yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> As there are now, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's how we get better. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Alex, where can people find more of your work? You can follow me on Twitter at ScareAlex or check out my podcast that I do with Andrea Subasati called The Faculty of Horror. Yeah, and you can check out your Silence of the Lambs episode. And yeah, yeah. Go back to our first year. Check that out. Yeah, see if it's what was it called more again? focused. It's called Canty You Hear the Lambs. Yep, perfect. Yeah. Like We're going to call ours The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Good title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find more at rewatchability.com. The Quiet uh, of the Sheep. <laughs> Facebook.com slash rewatchability. The, the Silence of the Lambs. The Silence of the Lambs, Is it isn't it? Silence of the Lambs? I think I there's thought, a the. I thought, it, I don't know anymore. Silence of the Lambs. Oh Twitter, God. we're at rewatchability. Someone look this up. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to iTunes and subscribe and rate us on there. That always helps. A little bit of silence. Some silence. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's get a silence? sample of that silence right now. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.